Well, it's a great day to be an enduring church and an enduring church leader. I'm Alan. I'm here with Trent, and we're glad to have you at the Enduring Churches podcast today. Um, it's a wonderful day. You know, Trent, um, I don't know about you. You get on social media these days, and everyone's got their back-to-school photos. Um, our oh, kids yeah. are grown up, so I guess the next step is will be, uh, in your case, when grandkids um, start start getting theirs posted on there. But, you know, I remember I remember when I first got my Facebook, there were people in there who, who were still in school, and now they've got kindergartners and things like that that they're posted on. So... Things keep a changing, don't they? They sure do, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I start looking at Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and I see, you know, those people that were little kids when I first started ministry now have their own little kids. They're in school. It's like that's just not right. I feel really old, <laughs> and so this change thing makes me feel old. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's one constant is change. And there, things are always changing. And we want to talk to you a little bit today about change. We're not going to talk, spend the rest of our day talking about the changes you see on Facebook. It's just a good reminder when uh, those memories come up that things don't say, stay the same. They continue to change over time. And so uh, there's, there's probably been a change or two that's happened in the last uh, few years for a lot of our leaders out there today. Yeah, I think so, Alan. You know, as we, it's not hard when you get together with a whole bunch of pastors um, that you start talking about, and and we kind of have this forlorn look in our eyes that we're missing three years ago, you know, <laughs> or or not even that long ago. But uh, it seems like as we look at at not only the culture but also our churches, that change seems to be gaining speed going downhill like a snowball. And so today I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, are we aware of the change that's taking place? Uh, are we just kind of cloistering ourselves off into where we don't see all that's going on? Or in the middle of this change, even if we do recognize it, are we able to, to handle it? Are we able to lead in the middle of it? So that's kind of where we want to go today. Yeah, and as we're getting started, just want you to know I'm I'm outside recording. We are dog sitting for my daughter. So inside has barky dogs and outside has loud birds. So I took the outside for the birds over the barking dog. So we apologize <laughs> if, if you're like, what's that chirping in the background? It's it's the birds. They've decided to yeah. come come be our live studio audience uh, today. <laughs> but but Trent, you know, I think when we're thinking about change. I think COVID said, oh, yeah, we've all changed because of COVID. Mm -hmm. But we're not talking just about COVID changes. Certainly some of them may be reflected in what happened with, with the lockdown time and all that. But we're talking about how everything just continues to change beyond that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really has. I mean, if, if COVID had not happened, the change, the rate of speed or the rate of change that we're enduring um, – would have still been just as fast. And, and a lot of that has to do with the social media aspect that we're always on it. I was going through a book recently and I would encourage you all to um, go and read uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry uh, by John Mark Comer. It's a great book. And, but he's talking about in that book, he talked about that they did a study of our attention span and our attention span in the last several years has dropped from 12 seconds to eight seconds. 
And he said, that doesn't sound terrible until you compare that with a goldfish they have figured out has an attention span of nine seconds. So we're we're losing to the goldfish, man. And there's just so much that's <laughs> invading our space and invading our minds and our eyes. It, it's just, I think that change is going to be happening around us no matter what. Somewhere there's some goldfish eating some human crackers then, I guess. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, let's let's talk a little bit about change. We got you got some great questions in our notes today, Trent. Uh, you know, asking things like, you know, we should all ask ourselves, how's my church changed in the past three years? Mm -hmm. I think this is an important question. Uh, you know, because we all recognize that there are change, or at least I I hope that you recognize that there have been significant changes in your church. But take some time in the next few days to just kind of jot down notes about, you know, what things have you had to remove from your worship service or add to your worship service uh, or change the way things happen just in the past three to five years, um, you know, start making notes about how all that ha has happened. And, and I think that will surprise you. There's probably more than your, you know, just comes to your mind. You've got to take a little bit of time to think through this. Yeah, I mean, you're going to think about your worship service. You weren't streaming. You are streaming. Uh, you weren't giving online. You are giving online. You had a meet and greet time. Maybe you don't have that anymore. You passed the offering plate. Now you have an offering box. Um, all those kinds of things. But then let's think beyond that, too. You you went through this lockdown. You had a lot of senior adults. Have they all come back? Or are a number <laughs> of them refusing to come back? They were always the diehards before. Now all of a sudden... In many cases, you've seen your adults, maybe they're not as diehard as they used to be. You probably had to turn over some leadership. You, you know, there's there's a lot of things to really go down and think of beyond, beyond that surface stuff. But what's really going on with your people? Yeah, and Alan, as you're saying that, you know, there are some churches that I've talked to, it's not necessarily their senior adults, but, but their young families that haven't come back because they're more fearful than the senior adults are, especially if you have children in your church, you know, have you had to do some things to help young families feel more secure uh, about dealing with their children? And so that there's all kinds of variables in here that have just been thrown at us mercilessly, you know? And so it, I, I really would encourage you to write these things down just so that you can get a better, a better picture of what's going on in your church. Well, and then we think about cultural things, too. Um, your church is dealing with new cultural issues you haven't had to deal with before. Um, as society rages on and everyone tries to change definitions and ideologies and all these things, so you're dealing with a lot of um, change in your people and what you have to talk about and how you have to um, prepare to teach them. So a lot has changed. So your church has changed. Uh, I guess, Trent, the second question is, how have I changed in the past three years? Now, you and I have been through a lot of changes, um, personally. Yeah, true. Yeah, and I, you know, of course, we changed roles and, and made major moves in our lives. And so that's that's big. Um, I, You know, so start thinking about those major things, but then break it down to, you know, have you become more cynical? Um, have, have you... Um, maintained or increased your amount of joy in your ministry have you um have you lost some of that and you know and so just take a hard look at yourself 
it's nobody's grading this right but but it's important for you to just take some time and, and jot some notes and and think okay have i lost my first love am, am i still as excited about ministry and the ministry to my folks as i was three to five years ago if not why what has happened in the midst of all of the change we've been talking about church-wise is there anything that's happened in my life have you gone through um, a major event in your health i know that i've had gone through some major events in dealing with my health and that changes you you know um so you've got to think through all these areas yeah, those are those are all great great things to remember and so as you start listing it just think about all those things that, that have changed you know you've also um in that in that time frame over the last three years relationships with our own kids have changed in, in different ways and you have that as well family dynamics that can change maybe you become a caregiver for an aging parent or all kinds of things so think about all those personal changes because they do affect you they affect how you how you minister to people around you, um, and they all just play into your life. And there are times that get stressful. So when you add in the changes in church to the changes in your personal life, that's a lot of change that you've been through. And I'd like to tell you that it's going to stop, but it's not going to stop. So one no. of the best things we can do, Trent, is you got another one. How has my church changed for the better? Yeah. This, I want to ask you to kind of do an exercise. If you've taken some time to jot down notes, um, you know, how has my church changed in the past three to five years? I want you to go alongside and, and draw either an up arrow or a down arrow based on is this a positive change or a negative change? In your view, not asking anyone else, just in your view, has this been a positive thing or a negative change? And then as you get through that list and you see those negative, the down arrows beside that list, I want to ask you to, you know, right beside that, how can I turn that into a positive? If it's a negative now, is it possible to change that into a positive change? And, and let me just point out um, Romans 8, 28, one of my favorite verses. And I, I think that this is kind of where I'm coming from on this. Because Romans 8.28 tells us that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say God causes all things, but God can change all things into a positive. He can change those things that seem like a very negative, a down arrow, to a positive up arrow. And so I want you to begin to go through your list of those things that have changed in the past three to five years that seem very negative and ask yourself, is there anything that could make these positive? Yeah, that's a great that's a great idea, a great a great thing we can look at. So I'll kind of give an example a year ago that I was looking at right before I, I switched roles. We had noticed that there was a way that our church had changed that we were seeing a better return on our online video response. So people were checking out our church before they checked out our church. And we paid attention to that. We put more intentional effort into that part, to that first, to that first appearance, to that first touch, and realized that people weren't wanting to drive from our community 20, 20 miles away to go to another church. And we were seeing a greater return of people wanting to um, 
attend church in the community they live, which it was easy to drive to the neighboring community before. And so that was something that was really positive that took place in the life of, of my church. And so there are those things that have turned out good um, mm-hmm. in, in spite of everything else that's going on. So, you know, that's well, a great question. Yeah, and I would, I mean, I, I'm just remembering that effort that you put in, um, Alan. You guys put in a ton of effort and money into changing your website and your whole presence online re- because you recognized that people were in the process of checking out your church online before they ever came to, through the doors. And, you know, I remember one of our earlier episodes where we interviewed one of the guys that helped with that process through you, uh, that you guys went through. And that was really enlightening to me. And so, there, yeah, there are some very definite positives, maybe things that were frustrations that turned into positives. Yeah, and that's one of the frustrating things, like uh, just an example, you know, if your church doesn't have a web presence, the idea, if you put your web presence together 15 years ago, it's way out of date. And, mm-hmm. you know, I learned the, the importance of keeping a fresher look and a fresher template going. And that can be frustrating um, at times, especially when you're a small church or small ministry with, with a, such a limited budget and you're relying on on, on, a, on maybe your own ability or something like that. But it's important to at least get out there and see what what you know, churches are doing on a more cutting edge basis because people are paying attention to those things. Yeah. I agree. And so that kind of leads us into the next question, which I think is just as important, you know, as we look at our church, how has that, has anything changed for the better or has it been, have there been some negatives? And so the next question would be, have I changed as, as the spiritual leader of my church, as you know, the guy who's preaching, standing up before my church, have I changed for the better? And so as you go through that, again, same process that you went through with looking at the changes of your church, look at the changes that you wrote down for yourself, you know, do an up arrow for those things that seem, you know, evident as positive changes put a down arrow for those that have been negative and, and just begin to evaluate those things. And so I think, you know, that helps you to understand, have, have you changed for the better? And I'm not talking about, have you become someone else or, you know, have you become a mega pastor or whatever? I'm just talking about, you know, the guts of us all, you know, are there things that, that God is, is working in my life to change and make me into the person he wants me to be? Now, that's great. That's a great way to think about it. So, yeah, how have I changed? You know, I know I can see changes in my life over the last few years because I continue to learn about myself. And I know you do the same thing. And it's so important for us to be a learner. And it begins with knowing yourself because we are always growing. We're always learning and we're always learning more about ourselves. You know, today, before we got on, Trent, you and I were talking about taking an, an assessment. And it's an assessment you've never taken before. And, and you're excited to take it because you know it's going to reveal some things that you didn't know about yourself. Yeah, I, um, we were just, I went through a um, call with the leader, the founder of um, Ministry Insights. And we were talking about the taking the assessment of um, leading from your strengths. 
And so, yeah, things like that. I remember when um, we one of our best episodes was the Enneagram. Um, we had one of the ladies who was a coach in the Enneagram, and Alan had introduced me to that and, and was really excited and the things that he learned about himself uh, through that. And so, yeah, part of that may be that we, hey, we're going to take some in, insights from some assessment that we take or um, you know, we need to be constantly growing. And, and I, I think that's a big part of that. Yeah. And I think what it is, it also gives you a chance to look back over time and see how you've changed. You know, I was talking mm-hmm. about preaching with someone and, you know, they said, well, how long did it take you to kind of find your, your style of preaching? And it, I'd say it probably took me close to 20 years to figure yeah. out really who I was as a preacher mm-hmm. and, and how I like to preach. And, you know, when people, people who have met me and have only seen me preach a handful of times, one of the common things that they say about me is, you're just so relational. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you're just talking to us. And, you know, and it's because I'm not that classical pulpiteer, so to speak. But, you know, I like to say it, I'm a connector. But it took mm-hmm. me a long time That's to true. figure out what that was and, and how that looked. And, and it, it, I changed over time. And that's okay. I mean, part of that was just learning who I am. And I'm sure I'll continue to do that. Yeah. Well, and I think that we're supposed to continue to do that. Um, where, you know, I think it took us, Alan and I both, a time to get comfortable in our own skin, right? Because we were like, well, we'd hear these great pastors and we we're like, well, I want to be like that. And then the next month we'd hear some other great pastor or we'd go to a conference. Oh, I want to be like that. God didn't call us to be like that. He created us to be who we are, but we just have to get comfortable in our own skin. And unfortunately, if you like them, they probably have fallen away in ministry anyway, because that happens a lot, right? When we put our eyes on people, sometimes mm-hmm. the ones we admire most are the ones that we want, find out we want to be least like in the end. So let God make you you, and you'll have a much better chance of not repeating the same mistakes as trying to be someone else. So. Make sure you are yourself as you change. Don't change for change's sake, but change because God's at work in your life with that. So another question, am I capable of leading my church into the next three to five years? I got to tell you, even as we were looking at these notes, and I'm looking at this note, and I had, I had to ask you about this one before we began today, because, man, that's a that's a tough question right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is a tough question. Am I capable of leading my church, my ministry setting into the next three to five years? Because of what we said at the very beginning, Alan, is that change seems to be speeding up like a snowball, you know, and it's just going faster and faster. If if you look at the way that our culture has changed in the last hundred years, change was relatively slow from the 1900s all the way up to the 1960s. And then things started really picking up the pace. And now if you look in the the last 10, five years, I mean, it's it's changed so drastically in the last five years. It, it's amazing. You don't even recognize how much things have changed. I mean, the amount of information that we have today is just so, so immense. You know, I mean, we're getting pictures of black holes. We're getting, you know, we're, we're seeing things that we, you know, 10 years ago, we never dreamed we'd be able to, to take a glimpse at. And we're seeing those things deep into space. I mean, this it's unbelievable, the things when you just 
look at where technology has taken us and the ability that your car can park itself, um, yeah. you know, all those things. It's just, it's just amazing to think mm -hmm. about change. And it's amazing to think about where our churches are going to be in three, three to five years. And I've kind of got this suspicion, Trent, that healthy churches over the next three to five years are going to find ways to stay healthy and improve their health. And that unhealthy churches are going to continue down a pattern of unhealthiness unless there's a big interruption. And so I think the question is, where, where is your church? Is your church healthy? You know, if it's not healthy and you don't address the changes that are going on, it's going to get more unhealthy. Whereas if your church is healthy and you recognize change and you address the change, you're going to remain healthy. Well, and not to heap on pressure on the leaders, but I think the health of the leader is going to determine a lot of that, Alan, whether that church is able to make the changes necessary to become healthy is going to depend a lot on the leadership of that church, whether they are healthy, whether they're growing. Um, one of the things I read is that we've learned that change is inevitable and inescapable, but we've also learned that changing gracefully takes skill. And so we, if we're going to, with change speeding up, as leaders of our church, we have to be developing those skills as we go along in order to do it gracefully and to be, like you said, healthy. So Trent, we have a lot of listeners who are in more rural areas. You know, we, we, we recognize that there's a lot of people who are in areas that may have just a few hundred people in their town. Has that change escaping them? I don't think so, Alan. I, that's a really good question because it seems like, okay, we recognize that this in large cities, large population areas, that yeah, the change is speeding up. But everybody in our small towns has the same cell phone, right? That smartphone that should be a dumb phone. Um, it, and so we're exposed to that same stuff. It, it used to be that you were kind of protected out in a rural setting, but I'm not sure that you are anymore. I think that you are just as much exposed to the culture change as anyone. You have to remember in a rural area that uh, when you're putting your church website together, they're still shopping on Amazon. They're still going to WebMD. They're still doing all these other things. So your website better, better say, hey, we at least know what's going on in the world today. That's why it's so important. Um, for your church, even in a rural setting, to keep your to keep your web page up to date and to be to be up with those things. And I know a lot a lot of pastors can't do it. Find find someone who can, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, get get some help um, in, in that area. And we can certainly help connect you to some people who who can do that for you. But I think you're right, Trent. When we think about even our rural areas, um, technology has touched so many parts of our life, and it affects so many things that you can't just say, well, that doesn't matter here. You know, it, there may be certain things that don't matter as much, but it does matter. Well, and you've got, you, think about this, you've got two groups moving in two different directions. You've got your older than millennials that are moving more digitally, and you have your millennials that have been camped out in the digital network that are moving more relationally. And so you've as a pastor, it's like you, you're kind of torn, right? 
Um, you've got to put a lot of effort into your um, your web presence and in order to be able to hit those people who are moving more digitally and those people like the millennials who have been a part of the, the digital landscape for a long time. But if you're a person who is struggles relationally, you've also got to grow in those skills in order to be able to help because there's a lot of those millennials that are moving away from large population centers and moving out to more rural areas. And so you've got to be able to develop those skills as well. Yeah. They want to start a, they want to start a business where they know everyone in town. You know, they, they've seen that in movies or nostalgia somewhere and they think that looks cool, but they're going to do it with a cool web presence and all this other mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So they want to swim in those two worlds. And I think one of the things we, as we get older, we always have to remember is if I'm older and more experienced, it's my job to make the, to make the first step that I, I really need to, re to reach out to that next generation and help bring them in relationally while I'm trying to learn to swim in their, their world technologically. Yeah, I think so too. And so this whole discussion today is really, I guess it's a, an effort to get you to begin to evaluate and to make a plan. Um, again, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And so we want you to begin to say, okay, am I capable of growing? And which I want to tell you, yes, you are capable of growing. Um, you, but you need to have a conversation with yourself. And if you're married with your spouse too, say, hey, are we the people that need to lead this church? If we are, then we've got to continue to grow. Don't be stuck. Don't be in a rut, which a rut is just a grave with no ends, right? And so you need to be moving forward and growing personally so that you can keep up with the change and lead the change that's happening in your church. And I, don't, I would also add to that, Trent, don't use fear of change to be a reason just to jump ship. Mm -hmm. You know, we know that we're in a time, as they call it, the great resignation, and a lot of ministers are questioning their their future and their effectiveness. Um, I can tell you from a practical experience level that ministry always leaves you questions, uh, wondering if you're adequate enough, if if you can do this. Uh, Trent and I, in our new roles, we've had a year year long experiences with that. With that, um, but that just brings back feelings we've had at other times in our ministry too, where Lord, I can't do this, and mm -hmm. we have to remember that there are those times we don't think we can. But that's where God is teaching us to trust him. And so you may be nervous about the change. You may be nervous about what's in front of you. But don't approach it with fear. Approach it knowing that God wants to work and he wants to work through this time. This time does not surprise him. And he's more than ready for it. Mm -hmm. Good word, Alan. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that for those people, those pastors that come out with a new reliance on God and new peace in him, will have some of the most fruitful times that have they've ever experienced in the next few years to come. I really do. Uh, and so I, I agree with Alan. Don't, don't be afraid and don't think I can't, but because God can, and he can equip you. He, he equips the called, right? He doesn't right. call the equipped. He equips the called. So um, don't be afraid of the future. Just realize that you need to be submitted to him. Yeah, we've certainly been on both sides of that, knowing that it's time to make a move, but also knowing that it's time to stay and, and kind of dig our heels in. So 
-hmm. you have to approach that with prayer and let God kind of lead you in that. But we'll just want to encourage you to ask the tough questions and don't be afraid of the tough questions. Ask the, ask the tough questions. Know that God's going to walk with you through that. So we've talked to you today about change. We've given you some questions you can ask yourself. How's your church changed? How have you changed? Have you changed for the better? How's your church changed for the better? And what is your capability in leading that church and change for the next three to five years? So we've given you some things to think about. We know that you're not staying the same in ministry, and we hope that we have helped you uh, maybe maneuver a little bit more easily in these times of change. So thanks for, for listening to us today. Please, uh, if you would, drop a line. Let us know how we've encouraged you. But also share this uh, episode with someone else so that they can endure and their church can endure. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on our next episode.